Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. In June of 2016, Joe Biden, who at the time was vice president, gave a speech in Dublin, Ireland. Ladies and gentlemen, I've always believed that the, uh, the value and measure of an honor was not the particular honor, but the institution bestowing the honor. He had just gotten an honorary degree from Trinity College. It's a great privilege to receive an honorary doctorate from such an outstanding academic institution, one of the finest in the world. And he'd also just found out about some big news. Before I turn to my personal remarks, I want to say something uh, about yesterday's historic vote in the United Kingdom. We, the President and I, the United States, we found out overnight that the British people voted to leave the European Union. Uh, I must say we, were, we, we had looked for a different outcome. We preferred a different outcome. The official results are in. The people of Britain have spoken, voting for a British exit, dubbed Brexit, with almost 52% of the votes choosing to leave the 28-member European Union. Immigration was at the forefront of the Leave campaign for Britain to take control of its borders and its economy, national identity and culture. Call me Mr. Brexit. It was a vote that Trump supported, a campaign that, like his, centered around nationalism and immigration. I felt it was going to happen, and there was great similarities between what happened here and my campaign. We cannot hope to govern an independent nation. We cannot hope to have an independent democracy in this country as long as we are members of the EU. It was also a campaign that Boris Johnson, at the time mayor of London, played an instrumental role in. So vote leave, my friends. Vote leave. Campaign with all your might and all your heart between now and June the 23rd. Let's take back control of this democracy. Take back control of this country. Show that we can stand on our own two feet again. Now, almost exactly four years later, Biden is leaving today for his first trip abroad as president. And his first stop is in England, where he's meeting tomorrow with Prime Minister Boris Johnson. I think there has to be some awkwardness in the meeting. That's Esther Weber, Politico Europe's senior UK correspondent. Because we know how strongly Obama and Biden as vice president were against Brexit. So you've got Johnson, who was one of the most vocal advocates for leaving the EU, a campaign that foreshadowed Trump's 2016 victory, meeting with the guy who now embodies a rejection of all things Trump, Biden, who has this history of criticizing the Brexit vote, which ticked off some people in the UK, or as Esther puts it. Didn't necessarily go down that well on this side of the pond, particularly with those who voted leave. And that obviously includes Boris Johnson. So yeah, a little awkward. But the UK and the US also have a long history together. And there are some clear areas right now that are common goals, like clean energy and recovering from the pandemic, that are bound to play a role in the talks between Biden and Johnson. 
we can expect there'll probably be something that they can point to and say this kind of marks a new era of friendship and working together. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today, Esther Weber on what to expect during President Biden's first trip across the pond. So, Esther, the thing I keep thinking about ahead of this trip is how much, at least in America, it seemed like Trump and Boris Johnson and Brexit are all part of sort of the same broad movement in a way. Like, I remember Trump giving a speech a couple years ago after Johnson became PM and calling him, like, the British version of himself or something like that. Good man. He's tough and he's smart. Uh... They're saying Britain Trump. They call him Britain Trump. And people are saying that's a good thing, that they like me over there. And now you have the guy who became president in many ways on an anti-Trump platform here meeting with Johnson this week. How do you think that could play into their relationship? I think some of the similarities between Boris Johnson and Donald Trump have been somewhat overstated. Hmm. And I think both sides do see this as a chance to have a bit of a reset. And even though on the surface, you know, the UK would always pursue strong and stable relations with the US, it was also a turbulent time for us during the Trump years, sort of not knowing what he was going to do next. We all know that in America, many people dislike Donald Trump, but it turns out in England, they also don't like him. (laughs) Mr. Trump and the First Lady also visited Windsor Castle for his first meeting with Queen Elizabeth, which had some awkward moments. He broke royal protocol by walking in front of the Queen, but she quickly stepped forward to correct the error. He also today had tea with the Queen. He did keep her waiting for 10 minutes. He, even on his way here, essentially, has criticized the Prime Minister for basically not being tough enough with the EU in the face of these Brexit negotiations. And notably, he also slammed the mayor of London here, Sadiq Khan, as a stone-cold loser. He insulted a member of the royal family, and he shattered diplomatic protocol by getting involved in British domestic politics. And I think both sides are ready to kind of resume more of a steady relationship, if you like. Hmm. So Biden and Johnson are kind of trying to hit the refresh button after Trump. What do you think is going to be like the main topic of discussion when they meet tomorrow? Well, the two big issues that have been kind of put in the, in the foreground of the G7 are the recovery from coronavirus uh-huh. and also climate change. So those are two of the kind of flagship issues that the two administrations are going to be working on together. And they even, I guess you could say, have a shared slogan because uh, Boris Johnson often talks about wanting to build, build back, back better, better and to build back bolder in the wake of the pandemic. And that's language that's also been used 
by Joe Biden. So that's definitely something they're going to emphasize. Mm -hmm. And obviously they will be seeking to talk about all the kind of common ground between them. But we know there are some issues where they definitely don't see eye to eye. And maybe I should say a bit more about that. Well, yeah, let's talk more about that. I mean, you said that, you know, the comparisons between Trump and Boris Johnson are probably overblown. But I mean, that doesn't, you know, take away the fact that Biden was and has been critical of Brexit. And obviously, you know, he and Johnson have been at odds on that issue. You know, how significant of a point of contention do you think Brexit could be during this meeting? Um, Definitely. I think the legacy of Brexit will still be felt this summer in quite an uncomfortable way. And the main reason for that is the arrangement in Northern Ireland that has been set up to ensure uh, trade can continue between Great Britain and Northern Ireland in the wake of Brexit has been causing uh, a lot of problems. It isn't working properly. Another night of violence in Belfast, with rioters hurling rocks and shooting fireworks at police. Pro-British loyalist residents feel increasingly cut off from the UK as Brexit provisions are implemented, with the customs border created between Northern Ireland and the British mainland, even though they are one country. And Joe Biden has made it quite clear that's a concern for him. And he sees the US as having a role in preserving the legacy of the Good Friday Agreement, which was the accord that signaled an end to the troubles in Northern Ireland. You know my view and the view of my predecessor, my of the... Obama-Biden administration on the Good Friday agreements. We uh, we strongly support them, think it's critically important to may be maintained. And the political and economic stability of Northern Ireland is very much in the interest of, of all our peoples, the people-to-people ties. He sees the Northern Ireland protocol, which is the mechanism that's been put in place uh, for exports and imports. He sees that as a workable solution, a viable solution, and one that um, the UK and EU need to continue to work together to preserve. Mm. Whereas the UK has really let into the position that um, it isn't a workable solution and will need to be rethought completely. So this is the key issue where there's a lot of tension between the position coming out of Washington and the position in London. And there may be various ways they try and gloss over this or move past it, but it will certainly be in the back of everyone's minds. Esther Weber... Thanks so much for talking with me. Thank you so much, and um, hopefully speak another time. Also today, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is committing to a vote on Democrats' sweeping elections bill later this month with or without Joe Manchin. 
but is acknowledging that his party is somewhat open to changing the legislation if it means they can woo the West Virginia senator to support it. Manchin has long resisted the measure, which would standardize election rules across states and reform campaign finance laws and ethics policies, but he all but ensured bipartisan opposition when he officially came out against it over the weekend, saying he prefers a bill strictly focused on voting. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, though, announced yesterday that that bill won't be read until the fall, so Schumer says he's sticking with plans to vote on the broader measure even if it's doomed for failure, noting that he is open to changes. And the IRS is opening an investigation into apparently leaked tax documents showing that ultra-rich Americans like Amazon founder Jeff Bezos, Tesla CEO Elon Musk, and business tycoon Warren Buffett paid little or no taxes. According to reporting from ProPublica, based on 15 years of confidential individual tax data, the publication says it received, the 25 wealthiest U.S. taxpayers have paid little to no income taxes despite billions of dollars of wealth gains. During a Senate hearing on Tuesday, IRS Commissioner Chuck Reddig said the agency has turned over the revelations to investigators and he, quote, absolutely plans to prosecute. The report is also being seized on by Democrats in Congress as a reason to raise taxes on the wealthy. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like what you're hearing and want to help us out, leave us a rating and review and tell a friend to check out the show. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.